Welcome to Bossy Pants and the Nerd. We're Mel and Kevin, and we're going to chat with you about our passions, what we've learned, and what we love. Also, we're married to each other, and you get to listen to us talk. You are welcome. So I used to tell our youth group kids back way super long ago when we were youth leaders that you're not really an adult until you buy your own toilet paper because there's just something very emblematic to the entire adult experience of spending your time at a job that you probably don't love every second of every day so that you can get money so that you can go to the store and you can buy a product literally designed to wipe your tush get covered in poo oh my and then flushed away forever like you are literally flushing away your time and when if you're you in buy college, your own toilet paper somebody else is definitely i mean there's certain circumstances like i mean obviously there's some exceptions to that but you know that is a really good rule i think it's actually a good rule. buy something that has to be thrown away if you don't buy your own toilet paper i'm not sure you're really an adult if you don't limit your kids to four squares <laughs> or however many squares now you're applying that you can't be an adult without kids no, and i'm not on board oh with yeah, that. yeah yeah i am no. not cool no so anyways mm-hmm. we wanted to talk today about so uh, what it means to be an adult what it what grown-uphood is all about and uh all the myths that i think are expressed among other adults among students some like every generation just has expectations of myths what it is means. a kind word can we go with lies like just lies told up, about being an adult lies every generation has lies that are told to it by the generation before <laughs> yeah and if you're you're out there and you do not consider yourself to be an adult i have bad news for you you know that feeling you get when you're just a little bit over your head and then suddenly something happens and you have to figure it out and you're like man i wish i had an adult with me Uh, When you're an adult, you'll get into that same situation and you realize you're just a little bit over your head and you'll look around and you'll think to yourself, man, I wish I had an adult with me. (laughs) Oh, oh, I wait for you to get home all the time to help me with stuff. (laughs) Like you realize I'm about to sign this mortgage paper and this is for like over a hundred thousand dollars. I don't even know what that means. I, why, why, why am I I allowed to do this? I am questioning right now if I'm an adult because in the last week, literally in the last week, a, a, a former youth group student from here in Monroe bought a very nice car for, like, and I mean, it's like a 2012 Honda. Like, it's a nice van, but it's not like 2020. And then another teen, one of my teens from New York, said she bought a 2020 Honda Prius mm-hmm. with the money from the job that she's working 56 mm-hmm. hours a week. And that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. these kids have more money than I do. And I'm like... You guys are more grown up than I am. I've never owned a car newer than like a 2004. It's true. We go on Craigslist and we find a car that we're like, that will probably not break in the next two years. We're going to buy that one. A car, we mean find a 2004 Honda Civic stick shift to replace our former 2004 Honda. Well, no, oh, no, that was a 1998. That was a 98. <laughs> Honda that was Civic. A we, we upgraded by a whole six years there. And we spent $3,000. And both of those poor cars have been. Hit. Had, they've had front-end collisions between those two cars four times now. Yeah. <laughs> Only one of them was us. The other three were our car was parked and then someone, someone hit the fat, just hit the front. It. Anyways. Yeah. That's what killed the first one. Yeah. You know, okay, so one of the things, 
Okay, well, that... Marcia, if you're listening, I remember, but and I don't Betsy. hold a grudge. And Betsy. And Betsy, if you're listening, <laughs> we remember, but we don't hold a grudge. And this person... Random dude in the parking lot who hit us and drove away. I'm still not over that one. That was like last week. And I had we'll to be talk. a grown-up and call the police. I didn't even know you had to make a police report. Okay. I had to who have told other told you to call the police? I had to have other grown-ups tell me. Um, somebody just hit your car and this guy got his license plate number and you should probably call the police and make a police report. I didn't know that. Like, I am almost 35 years old and I did not know. I was like, oh, I'll call the insurance and like, you know, I figured I should call somebody, but I didn't think of reporting the dude or the woman. It's true. Anyways, I think that one of the things that was stuck in my head, a message I believe, and I think students still believe this, that when you turn 18, when you graduate from high school, you need to have a life's plan and it needs to never change. Like you need to have a plan and a career in mind mm. and That's a dirty until line. you're 65, it will it is not allowed to change. Oh, absolutely not. I have been in the same career and I have not changed at all in the last... No, that's a lie, too. Well, yeah. that's part of why we want to bust, bust these myths. That's a myth. Bust Stop these, drinking the iced coffee. Sorry. It's making your tongue numb. <laughs> bust these myths because we are uh, exhibit A again and again and again. It's true. To the it's idea true. that you can still be an adult and you can still change your mind. Mm-hmm. You can come up with the new ideas. You can change passions. You can change careers. You can, you can go back finish to a school. master's degree and then go, nah. Nah. It's fine. We'll just do something else. I mean, obviously, that type of lifestyle doesn't suit everyone, and a lot of other people are looking for, like, stability. But I tell students on a regular basis, and by students, I mean high school and college students both. If I were looking for stability, I don't think I would have married you. Do you hear that awkward silence? I do hear that awkward silence. Are you serious right now? I think everyone online hears that awkward (laughs) silence. And I think everyone who knows you goes, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay, wow. Well... I am here for the rot because if I were marrying you for stability, I would be pretty pissed that we're 12 years into marriage and you are nowhere near being a chemistry professor. That's true. You thought you were marrying a chemistry professor and then I was like, psych! Yeah, we met freshman year of college at Spring Arbor University and I didn't know what I wanted to be. He told me before we started dating that true. I was going to be, I was here for my MRS degree. Were you not? And I was. I was okay. 100%. All right. I was like, you, you say this like you're mad at me, but no, was I right? I want to be mad at you. I should be mad at you. And I am. I still am. I remember where we were sitting on the steps of the admissions office when you told me that. And we weren't even dating yet. And you had We the... were sitting in the computer lab when I said what? that. In the library. Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh. I was helping you with okay. that English paper you asked me to help you with. We were sitting in the oh, library at the computer too. lab. No, I think this is... Anyways, does not matter. So I don't know. I think the people on podcast land would like to hear us fight it out. I I went to (laughs) college because I wanted to, because I didn't have anything else I wanted to do. I didn't know what I, I didn't really want to be a career woman. Did you want to be all you could be in the army reserves? Never. Okay. That I knew a few things I didn't want to (laughs) be. And in the army, it was definitely still is on the top of the list. But the options of what I did want to be are endless. Like, I made so many four-year plans. I didn't really want to be a career person, but I was like, well, I might have to get a job at some point. What if I don't get married? I mean, literally, my plan was to get married and have kids and be a stay-at-home mom. And that flipped 
flip turned upside down. Well, I like to take a minute. Just okay. See stability. So that I became the prince of a tank. Um, focused, intent focused. over I'm a so long right now. direction. Yeah, just. Um, yeah, God turned my whole theology of marriage on its head um, by changing me from complementarian, which is like man is the head of the household, woman does what man says, um, to egalitarianism, which is a, a mutual submission, a looking out for the needs of one another, a, a no hard and fast rules about like there being a head of the household, but a mutual decision making, mutual culpability for mistakes. And that resulted in me being like, oh. Um, Can we talk about the sheer number of your friends who are listening to this right now going, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine Melanie being the submissive barefoot wife who just stays home and doesn't direct anything and just, just kind of okay. stays in the background. And like, <laughs> like all of your friends right now are like, oh my gosh, how, oh. no wonder she changed theology. She okay. would have driven herself and Kevin nuts. Absolutely, I would have. But here, <laughs> here's the thing with that. And I've had a conversation with... Uh, Reverend Dr. Laura Hunt a couple of times about um, this idea that I think the reason I wanted that is because it's way easier and way more fun to be a backseat driver or like the passenger seat driver and to like criticize every decision that's being made and and to like run things from the back than it is to actually be side by side with someone and to say like we're in this together. Apparently this is a marriage podcast on egalitarianism instead real talk y'all i i actually don't drive anywhere if we're both in the car because within five seconds of me disengaging the parking brake <laughs> i have turned the wrong way out of the driveway always and it's just it's infuriating to her she can't not say something. i want to say i'm a better driver but i'm actually a way way worse driver and i'm just incapable of not controlling it <laughs> Meanwhile, while she's driving, I just pull out my Kindle and read. And it's so annoying. He misses everything going by. Okay, let's get back to... But I love that book. You were going to be a chemistry. I you was. were a chemistry education major. Actually, double education. I was double education, double double major, chemistry and music with secondary ed. Yeah, freshman that's year. insane. You it was like a six-year plan to graduate you were going to be chemistry high school teacher mm -hmm. then you drop the education because you're like forget this education classes are the worst yeah mm. like straight up they're <laughs> awful like i took one and they were like you need to find a kinesthetic way of teaching people about the structure of an atom which those of you who don't know what kinesthetic means none of the educators do either because it means they've got to be, like, actively doing something. The students have to actively Obviously, do something. Obviously, like, you can get some Play-Doh and toothpicks and, like, build things. Yeah, except that have you ever actually tried to make a model of the atom with toothpicks? No. It would never work. Okay. Like, just straight up. Okay. Like, it just, it doesn't work. And so, like, instead of having a 10-minute lesson where I tell you the thing and you memorize it and then we have a quiz on it tomorrow, I'm supposed to, like, do recess in high school. And I'm like... No, this is stupid. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. So you rejected the idea of the education system. And no, I rejected the idea that people... Never mind. We're, this is, we're not going to make this about education. That's either. another... Okay, so we're making a list right we're now. We're making we a list of a, podcasts. We need a podcast so we need on marriage. Have, uh, egalitarian, a podcast on the school system, the public school system. Mm -hmm. And so you became uh, just straight up chemistry. Take all the chemistry classes. I'm going to be a professor. Yeah, I didn't even have a minor. I just took every chemistry class spring ever offered, basically. And I was a philosophy religion major. 
And the only thing you can do with that when you graduate is go to seminary or go to seminary. <laughs> you're Which, either going to be... spoiler alert, you didn't want to do because you didn't right. think you should you're be a You're either going to be ordained as a minister or you're going to go get your PhD and become a professor. Or you're going to marry a sugar daddy. And I was like, well, I just like learning these things. Like, <laughs> and I always, I mean, there's no harm in knowing scripture. I mean, but I wasn't biblical studies or My whatever. plan for a living is to have a ring on my finger. Yeah. Yeah. That was your plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, so then we got married. I'm not being mean. And I'm being truthful. we moved to Detroit because he was going to Wayne State mm-hmm. and getting his PhD in biophysics, mm-hmm. which isn't chemistry. That always confuses me. Why did you It pick was. Biophysics? It was in the chemistry department. Biophysics is because we were dealing with living organisms. We were dealing with the RNA of HIV. Mm-hmm. And the physics part is because we were doing rate kinetics for forward and backward reactions of the folding of RNA. Um, which means nothing to anyone who's listening to this, but maybe Kirby Runyon's listening and going, Frick yes, this is awesome. Go Kevin. Well, this Um, is Bossy Pants and the Nerd. So you can nerd out about this. We're 12 years into marriage and I still have no idea why he was a biophysics major. Other than I knew he was going to be a professor. Yeah. Well, I mean like... And I knew he was combating AIDS with lasers. Yes. Fighting AIDS with lasers is how I tell people who don't care what I was doing with my life. So, for all of you who don't care about the details of chemistry, I was fighting AIDS with lasers. Yeah. Because it sounds way cooler than the 20-minute explanation I could give right now. And none of y'all care. Right. So, we we got married a week after we graduated, and we're doing the plan. Like, you were going to be a professor. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was doing. I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. But, spoiler alert, we didn't have kids. We couldn't have kids for years and years after. Seven years, (laughs) actually. Right. And... Uh, I was bored. <laughs> I was like literally staying home by myself. You can only watch so many hours of Rachel Ray a or day. Gilmore Girls or whatever. So I started um, applying for jobs, and it was 2008. I couldn't get a job at like IHOP to save my life. Seriously, she actually did not even get an interview. I at walked IHOP. in and turned in my application, and they McDonald's. I could not get an interview anywhere. Also, I had a bachelor's, and I was white in like pretty inner city Detroit. And I was not the right employee for them to hire. Well, I mean, let, let's be real, kids. Um, if you go out and you get a, some sort of philosophy degree, really, Starbucks is the only place that's going to hire you. Like, seriously. Like, nobody wants to hire you for much of anything. My nose is bleeding. Are you bleeding? Yeah, my nose is bleeding. Hang on. We're going to take an interlude and talk about <laughs> the education system and how it's crap while Melanie fixes her bloody nose. We're going to do this in real time. We're going to do it live, people. It happens. It's fine. Yeah, at this point, I'm totally unfazed by it. No, but seriously, like, I feel like our education system does. We funnel people towards college because college is supposed to fix everything. Mm -hmm. But then nobody, like, enforces, hey, yo, the reason to go to college is to get a job. So if you're going to go to college, the right question is not what interests you. The right question is what job would you like to become qualified for? Hmm. That requires a lot. Like, what 18-year-old? I still don't know what jobs exist. Like, there are so many things that exist as opportunities and and possibilities that's a failure of high school education and a failure of guidance counselors well okay for all of y'all who are out there who are in high school right now have you actually talked to a guidance counselor at your high school because my understanding is most of them have been fired because school budgets have been getting smaller and they have to choose do we fire the guidance counselor or do we buy the football team less football equipment clearly we should fire the guidance counselor because the football team actually affects the community Right. Heavy sarcasm. 
So you were saying. Um, I'm just, just saying that's a failure of high school job. education. Like, the high school guidance counselor is the one that's supposed to help you understand, like, hey, what jobs are out there? So, what kinds of things would you like to do? What kinds of things do you think you're qualified to do? Right. Hey, that one requires you go to college. Or, hey, you just want to make a bunch of money building stuff with your hands? You can make a crap ton of money if you just go become a welder. Or, you know, like, in high school even, there's vocational mm-hmm. schools. There's... Yeah. And yeah. I mean, even if you're 10 years out and you've already gone to, we have a couple friends who finished college. One of them was accounting, I think. And then he ends, he's working in construction now because it's more fun. He likes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so what all that to say too, is it's okay to change plans. I don't think there, I think there can be shame by external like parents or friends or teachers when you're like changing plans but I'm choosing to believe that it doesn't matter. Why? Because we change our plans all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that my parents had their moments of despair when their their oldest son dropped out of PhD program for biophysics to go, hey, I'm going to uh, substitute teach part-time and work as a unpaid volunteer at a local church running their youth ministry. Yeah. Like, as then, far as, like, parental bragging prestige goes, that's a pretty big step down. And then go to seminary. And move states and like our parents are no longer surprised at all when we're like, oh, by the way, we're changing directions. Oh, by the way, I'm going to get an accounting degree. But I don't think that's us. (laughs) Which is actually happening. I don't think that's us saying like our plans, like we could make our plans work. Like you could have finished your PhD. It wasn't a matter of like not being able to. It, it, It seriously, I think, comes down to, I mean, our spirituality, like our shared desire to do what God is leading us to do and that requires an openness to plans and ideas and to evolving together like we're always going to be like "Ooh, you know what like this I think God is leading us towards this direction or I think this might need to change or this plan would work like you could be a professor forever and ever that would be fine but it may or may not be what happens and I'm okay with that I don't like, do you think that society is okay with that? I think society is a really broad stroke to use when our country is as divided as it is <clears throat> right now. I don't okay. think society is unified on anything right now. Okay. But I, th- I think there is pressure to find a stable job and settle down and keep that job for the next 30 years until you either die or retire or, mm-hmm. or both. You know? Yeah. If you croak at your retirement party, like, that would be the American ideal because you're productive your entire life. But... Like, I think the problem with that is that we're we're being encouraged so much to think in terms of productivity or how much money do you want or whatever. Like, I'm sitting here going, hmm, if I can pay for my house, clothes, food, and I have enough transportation to get me where I need to go, mm-hmm. everything else is kind of gravy. Yeah. And... So that does require some financial prowess and budgeting skills and some forward thinking. Like, I don't think I could make those decisions on my own because I can't think past today to save my life. Uh, You have those skills. So finding somebody to help you navigate the finances of it is important. And of course, we've given up some opportunities in terms of like investment and... Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Paying for two grad schools was expensive. Mm -hmm. It was very expensive. Yeah. You know, like... I would do it again. Yeah, I I I mean... I'm waiting for one of us to go back and get... Well, and part of it is that we paid cash, too. Yeah. 
Like, and that that's insanely lucky of us. Right? On pastor salaries. Yeah. yeah. On pastor's salaries, like we were able to scrape together enough discounts and scholarships and things like that. Like, we paid cash. Mm-hmm. And just not spending money, like right. We lived in a basement studio apartment for you know for a couple years. Four hundred and thirty dollars a month. Four hundred and thirty dollars a month, including utilities. Yes. Yeah. So obviously that's not the case for everyone in every town, but it can work. And I also think it's okay to not have a ton of money, like yeah. to intentionally not like. I think there's so much money or so much. Um, weight from or pressure from our parents and our grandparents generations to invest and have your retirement funds and like i understand that that's important and we need to be thinking about our futures Mm -hmm. but i also think that um following what god spirit might be leading you to do in the moment might require some sacrifice and it's not it might feel scary but it's actually going to be way awesome because god provides that's that's what my spirituality says yeah and i I think too like if we're talking about what would it take or what does it mean to be an adult since that was the original question we've been all (laughs) over the map and that's fine um i i think maybe the question you've got to ask yourself is okay when you're an adult you need to be self-sufficient yeah. Or self-sufficient within a group of people that you choose, right? Yeah. Like, if you want to live with four friends and be self-sufficient that way, like, great. That's a great way to be an adult. Mm-hmm. You could save a ton of money if you live with a group of people instead of paying for everything yourself. Yeah. Um, if you're married, obviously consider your spouse in that. You know, like, you and your spouse need to be sufficient together. Um, you need some way of paying bills. Mm-hmm. I would add to that you need some way of getting health insurance. Mm-hmm. So you either need to be poor enough the government does it for you. Mm-hmm. We need to get really lucky on our next couple elections, and the government needs to give it to everyone, which would be ideal. Awesome. Um, yeah, y'all can fight me on that later. <laughs> um, or we need to find some way of getting a full-time job that provides that health care for yeah. you. And I think what you just stated calls into question our, again, like to broad stroke, like our society's belief that you need to have a single-family home. Like, at least for, like, our middle-class white families maybe across america there's this idea that like we all have to have our own dishwashers have our own washer and dryer have our own garage and like just live in this little bubble Mm -hmm. when the reality is we could share resources like you could literally i know a family that like shares the lawnmower between their their two families Mm -hmm. or you know you share a car or you know, maybe one of your families has a truck and you guys share expenses on it because you both don't need a truck because you always work together. Mm-hmm. Or you literally share a house and share the mortgages and share who childcare and Well, because think about it this communal way. Communal If living, you each have a washing machine, like a washing machine these days is like, what, 400 bucks? I don't know. Plus a dryer is another four. If you get a cheap one. I feel like that's way underestimating washers. Oh, you could spend up to 12. I'm just okay. assuming we're not like crazy and we don't want to spend for like the best. I oh mean, knowing gosh. me, I'm going to go to the Habitat resale store and buy a washer. The Ultra Wash 4,000. Like we don't need that one. Uh-huh. Like let's go buy, let's buy a cheap one. Okay. You know, one that like adds some soap and some water and mixes everything together so it gets clean. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what I'm looking for in a washer. Okay. Um. So like, you know, like. But even then, like, even if we're on the cheap end, it's 800 bucks. Like, you need to replace those things nowadays. Like, they last, like, 10 years at the best. Mm-hmm. Like, they're designed to break down because that's how American companies make all their money. Like, nothing's designed to last for 30 years. Yeah. So, 
that's like 80 bucks a year. You know, like that's seven bucks a month. You're just throwing at a washer. Mm -hmm. Well, what if you could share that with people? Like, what if you could reduce all of those expenses, all those like dishwasher or house, you know, like getting a house with twice as many bedrooms is not twice as much money. Right. Especially not when you take into account the fact that if you reduce the amount on a mortgage mm-hmm. and you double the amount of money you pay because you have two people paying on it. Yeah. <laughs> now you're able to pay off things faster because the number one expense there is actually interest. Mm-hmm. I Yeah. And I think I think we need to focus at, from from my Christian perspective, like I'm thinking of the 12 marks of new monasticism and Shane Claiborne and. Um, the modern monastic movement where like shared resources, like trying to return to the Acts, is it Mm -hmm. four? The Acts or two? Two. The Acts two church where you're sharing. uh, Yeah, it's 242. Caring for one another's needs, um, taking care of each other, where there is this idea that we need to be self-sufficient. And to some extent that is true, but you also, I believe we need to be living in community with each other. We need to be sharing meals and not having a, a fear of um, of having too little because we're being generous with one another um, and sharing space and sharing time. And uh, that just wasn't something that was emphasized for me at all or even a thought. Like, mm-hmm. now it feels like a possibility. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if, you've, if everyone owns their own riding lawnmower, like, that's expensive. Oh, yeah. You know, like, and then they wear out. You got to fix them. Like, I don't know. Like, the idea that being an adult does not mean you're independently wealthy and you can spend whatever you want on whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It just means you know what you need. Yeah. And you know how you're going to get it. And it's up to you to do that. And yeah, I think that, I think part of being an adult too might be the permission to call into question assumptions. Like, to question all the assumptions. Like... Well, my mom always, you know, when I'm doing my wedding registry or whatever, like my mom had this mixer. I guess I need this mixer. Maybe you don't. Or maybe you don't need that much furniture. Maybe you don't need that nice of a car. Maybe you don't need that big of a house. Like stop before you make every decision. Say, is this necessary? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's a need, I think, to return to simplicity, to let go of our craving to hoard and save up and store up in barns when God provides for us and we can let go of our obsession with stuff. Mm -hmm. And I I think maybe too, another good question to be aware of is how easy or how hard is this to walk away from? Hmm. You know, like before you sign a mortgage, you need to be aware, okay, how hard is this going to be to walk away from? Mm -hmm. Really hard. Unless you can sell the house, you're basically stuck. Yeah. Right? You know, if you're going to buy a new car and now you want to move overseas, you can't. You got a, you got a car loan and the car is not worth anywhere near what you owe on it. So you're stuck. So maybe you do go on Craigslist and buy a used Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because I own that. I could give it to someone tomorrow and walk away and I don't I don't owe anything on it because I paid cash for it. Even though like they four keep calling ago. you and telling you your car warranty. They almost do. <laughs> your car warranty. I don't know if you know this guys, but your car warranty is about to expire and they've been trying to reach you. <laughs> and I just triggered every single one of you right now because we all hate those calls so much. Indeed. Um but yeah, like knowing knowing what what you can walk away from and being able to walk away from it. You know, I think that that's something that 
you know, our parents' generation and definitely our grandparents' generation, like inflation was a thing for them mm-hmm. cash wise. So you'd buy a house because the house would basically then increase in value faster than inflation did. So like buying yeah. a house was investment. Yeah. Assets like gold, house, mm-hmm. yeah. car. Well, my parents, Those were for all instance. things that you bought so that you could sell it later and come out ahead. Yeah. But now if you buy a house, it may go up in value. You better hope you can sell it. It might not <laughs> go up in value. And inflation isn't really a thing anymore. Yeah. But now you're on the hook for repairing things when they break. You're on the hook for property taxes. You're on the... Like, and now that the standard deduction has gone up for taxes, yeah. thanks to the 2017 bill or whatever, mm-hmm. like, now you're not even deducting the taxes from your tax bill because hmm. everyone's taking the standard deduction because it's twenty four thousand thousand dollars Yeah. So it's like, there's all these benefits that used to come with buying a house that don't at all apply anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, being an adult means you've got to, like, look to the future and say, okay... If I need to walk away from this, can I? Mm-hmm. And if I actually can't walk away from it, how sure am I that this is something I really need? Mm. And I think that's the difference between being an adult who goes, well, I can make it work, so I'm going to buy whatever I want, and being an adult who's wise enough to know, hey, I can buy this. I can afford this. I'm going to walk away from it anyway because mm-hmm. I don't need or want this. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that Jesus honors is a loose-handed hold on all of our things, all of our treasures on earth. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think that's something that we need to make sure that we take into account. Mm -hmm. You know, as you're getting older, you're making those decisions for yourself. Time to put on your your big boy or big girl pants. And it's, uh, it's time to maybe deny yourself some of those things that everyone else just kind of assumes you're going to buy. Mm-hmm. Being an adult sometimes means saying no to yourself. Yeah. (laughs) And that's really frustrating, but it's good in the long run. Yeah. Go in peace. Peace.